0: Hey everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipshutz, and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line, in Los Angeles, is the rock to my Vin Diesel, Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. We're going to be talking a lot of Furious 7 a lot today.
1: Of, a lot of fast talk about Furious chart
0: stuff. I'll be fast, and you'll be furious, and it'll be fun. Yeah. And... I guess our producer will be Tokyo Drift.
1: Yeah, you, you sound like you're kind of far away. Are you are you in a different place than you normally record this? By the way, people, if you're just joining us, I'm in Los Angeles. Jason's in New York, and we're in different <laughs> rooms talking by phone. So sometimes the acoustics are a no, little funky. No.
0: I'm, I'm in the normal, the normal uh, Pop Shop podcast setting. Or, uh, I'm sorry if you can't hear me that well.
1: No, I can, I can hear you. I, also, I'm also covering for just in case when we do actually hear this later and it sounds bad, <laughs> the, the listeners now know. So just in case it sounds crappy, we apologize. In advance.
0: Do you remember the the fiasco that was our all Taylor Swift? Uh, that that was so frustrating when Sam Lansky, Lansky was there, and we had to record. You had to record it at like six thirty in the morning. So pathetic. Uh, I don't think I'm this gonna, is going to be like
1: that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's pray. Anyway, man, uh, welcome to the Pop Shop Podcast. We have a ton to talk about today, as we always do. We have a new number one on the Hot 100. We will be delving into that. Who knocked off Uptown Funk? We have some cool soon to be hits. We have a preview of next week's Billboard 200 chart with Sean Mendez and Tyler, the creator, and Reba, Reba, Reba. Reba, Reba. She's Reba. I'm Reba. She's back. Sorry, She's do, back do in inter- you know Reba, referencing Reba, Reba, Back entire. You don't. Um, do I? No, okay. Record store day. We're going to be talking about that a little bit. Talking about Mariah Carey's new compilation coming out, and she has a single in a couple weeks. All that and more, man. Um, All that and more today. Before we get get started, uh, if you like the show, subscribe to the Pop Shop Podcast on iTunes so you never, ever miss an episode because why the hell would you ever want to miss an episode? Uh, Give us a rating, our review on iTunes. We always appreciate it. We've gotten a lot of uh, reviews, especially over the past couple weeks, and we really do appreciate it. Uh, There have been some kind things said about us and some constructive criticism, and we really do appreciate that, so thank you guys for, for taking a second to do that. And find us on Twitter, he is at Keith underscore Caulfield I am at Jason Lipschutz And let's do it man, are you ready to go? See si, senor So before we get started on the chart talk And this is going to be a show, charts heavy show because Because why not, there's a new number one album, new number one song We have a lot of fun stuff to talk about Just a quick Coachella recap we, for, First of all, we did a um, a special Pop Shot podcast I don't know if you listened to it, Keith I did, I listened, I li- well I listened to the first half <laughs> sorry (laughs) you got like so defensive you're like i did listen i totally did listen to some of it oh my goodness i did i texted you about it oh yeah you did yeah well well, well, what was funny so um keith was not on the pop shop podcast on sunday we taped it with uh ty comer of billboard and he's also like a coachella expert he's been 10 years in a row as well as special co-host rin weaver of octahate fame uh it was her first Performance at Coachella, and she gave us her thoughts on the festival, and it was it was a blast. So that's on iTunes. That's on Dober.com right now. If you missed that, but just quickly, Keith, because we we taped that on Sunday afternoon. We had to tape it on Sunday afternoon. We couldn't tape it on Monday. And Sunday afternoon was before Sunday night when Drake kissed Madonna. Now where or were Ma- you or Madonna when you found kissed Drake? Yeah, <laughs> Madonna kissed Drake. I should say. Where were you when? You found out. Were you? Were you like watching the live stream? No, I wasn't.
1: I wasn't. See, Jason's asking me this because I'm 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 the Madonna fan on staff. I am. Um, I'm the Queen Madonna fan on staff. Um, But yeah, um, I was I was actually in front of the computer, not watching the live stream of Coachella, but I saw like Twitter start to explode, and. It was a lot of, like, oh, my God, what is happening? What is Madonna doing? What's Drake? What's happening? And, like, I think there was even some tweets from, like, Stephen Horowitz, who's on staff here, and he was in the audience watching it happen. Um, And then I saw it happen. I I watched the vines and the clips and stuff. So I didn't see it live. I got to experience it sort of afterwards.
0: Yeah, seeing it live was a very strange experience (laughs) because... I think a lot of people kind of saw it coming because Drake took that chair in the middle of the stage uh, during his set and as Madonna was doing Human Nature and then hung up and then kind of came over to him and um, was doing like a little faux lap dance and then they, they made out and it was, it was definitely a spectacle. What was more of a bummer was that Drake's performance, which was easily my most anticipated performance that you didn't like it. You it was no, it was a little disappointing, man. You was that
1: the review that I read online? Was that yours or was that Stevens?
0: That was Stephen Horowitz's, yeah. But, but I, I felt the same, exact same sentiment, yeah, about him. And it was just it never really gained any momentum. He he had a couple songs in a row that were were great, and then he'd stop and do like a ballad. And <laughs> listen, I love Drake's slow songs. Like, give me Marvin's Room, give me, um you know, uh, why am I blanking on every other one? Like, Cameras. Yeah, yeah you big, you big that. Drake
1: fan can't even name another song. I know. Well, man. all right, like
0: he played Find Your Love, and that was slower. But it's it's funny because it just didn't translate live at all and, and the crowd was really not into it. So mm,
1: tough crowd. Well, maybe he'll switch it up for the second weekend because obviously uh, Coachella, not obviously, but Coachella is a two weekend event where it has the exact same lineup in the same order, I believe over two consecutive weekends. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't mean they have to keep up you know keep the same set list so maybe he can bring out some different special guests, maybe switch it up. Maybe he learned something from how the the, the show was received this past Sunday and he'll change it up.
0: Yeah, what's funny is that Coachella Weekend 1 is, is usually by far the more hyped well, yeah. weekend just because it's the, the first one. And it's the first one. There's all the surprises and stuff like that and all the celebrities. Who, there the first who wants to
1: say, oh, I went to Coachella? Oh, really? Yeah. Which weekend? The, the second weekend? Yeah. <laughs> I
0: but here's the thing. There is an argument to be made to, to go f- second weekend because last year Outcast came out and did their headlining thing on f- Friday night and were met with pretty mixed reviews. I thought they were better than most people thought they were, but the reviews were definitely very mixed. And then Weekend 2, they kind of tweaked their show a little bit, had more energy, they, they probably listened to some of the criticisms they got, and it, it seemed, I wasn't there on Weekend 2, but it seemed that their second performance was much stronger so Hmm. if drake Drake is probably seeing the same kind of reaction and will probably tweak his set a little bit so you never know man
1: hey i want to know um before you move on to the rest of the stuff in your coachella talk uh what was the best food that you ate at coachella
0: oh man i always get the exact same thing i'm so boring i always eat the exact same thing for most of my meals which is spicy pie which is a big slice of pizza with pepperoni and jalapeno and there's a there's a stand in both general admission and vip that has just spicy pie spicy pie, but
1: it's 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 not like shaped in a pie it's just like a piece of pizza with yeah it's a slice of pizza oh
0: cool i'm i'm a very picky eater so other people were getting like sushi there was like a raw bar uh, fancy i know it's very coachella you were in the
1: vip area no doubt
0: for that one yeah Yeah, for for that that one yeah (laughs) <laughs> and
1: was the pizza pizza like $10 a slice? Because I always hear about how Coachella prices for food and drink is like out of this
0: world. It was a little silly. It was 7 but oh, some of the bad. others, yeah, some of the other ones were a little more eye-raising. Uh, before I move on, I want to shout out a couple things that I did love at Coachella, which was Florence and the Machine was incredible. I can't wait to hear that new album, how big, how blue, how beautiful. They played right before Drake. Unfortunately, Florence Welch broke her foot during the performance, and she announced it yesterday on Tuesday. And I hope she's okay. Get well soon, Florence. But she's got a lot of other festivals to play, including weekend two at Coachella. I hope she can do it. Um, Fk Twigs was great. It was she was the best I've ever seen her. I've seen her a couple times now, and she was just completely on point. Uh, Robert Pattinson was in attendance. Watching mm-hmm. Fk Twigs. Yes, watching Fk Twigs. Because you know uh, they're married, right? Right. They're engaged. They're engaged. Okay. But yeah, he was in attendance, and there were like eight to 12 teen girls who were just like anxiously waiting with phones out at the VIP entrance because like when he left the VIP area of that stage, they all saw him and squealed and it it was awesome. Like that was, that was a fun thing. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, Tame Impala was great. The weekend was great. Cashmere cat was awesome.
1: ACDC. Did you see ACDC?
0: I did see ACDC. ACDC was very, very, very cool. ACDC also is not my thing at all. <laughs> so. And mean, you don't love the dulcet
1: tones of Brian Johnson's I've gargled with the Nails voice. You've been Thunderstruck. Sorry, yeah, that just... totally distorted the podcast, but I look I forward know. to hearing my impersonation of Brian Johnson doing Thunderstruck.
0: It, it was very cool to see that many people experience songs that they clearly loved, like Back in Black or Thunderstruck and TNT Live. That That was really cool. Again, ACDC, not my thing. I don't profess to be an ACDC fanatic. Um, but that's but the yeah, beauty were... of
1: Coachella. There's a little something for everyone. If you don't like the FKA Twigs, you can go see Steely Dan.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, on Saturday Night Alone, um, Jack White, Tyler, the Creator, and FKA Twigs all played at the same time. So it was cool because, like you said, it was something for everybody. And it, what was cool is that I got to see the second half of Jack White's set after Twigs was done. And Jack White was blowing the roof off the place that was definitely one of the best performances i kind of wish i had seen the he- whole thing but you know that's that's what you got to do at coachella kind of have to jump around so keith yeah speaking of jumps speaking of jumps let's go to the hot 100 man it's called chart cella hey. hella yeah so Hot-chella. Keith, there's a new number one for the first time in 15 weeks i guess right uh, well, it's been, uh, been 15 yeah. weeks since we had a, yeah. a a number one song that wasn't Uptown Funk.
1: Yeah, because Uptown Funk was number one for 14 14 yeah. weeks. So, yeah. one week before that. So, uh, yeah, 50, there you go. Yeah, new number one this week, Wiz Khalifa, See You Again featuring Charlie Puth. 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 Charlie, feel free to call us and tell us if we're mangling your name. <laughs> um maybe we can get him to be a guest He's got on the a podcast. I, number one single "Wiz Khalifa, See You Again" uh, from Fast and Furious Seven or
0: Furious Seven. I apologize. Unbelievable! So it jumps ten to one this week, and the new number one, "Uptown Funk," is number two. Let's let, before we start start talking about "See You Again," Keith. "Uptown Funk" is number two. It's not like it fell off a cliff. Could you see the song coming back to number one? Like, I, I mean, you know, its streak is broken, but it's all about the weeks at number one. Do you see it collecting more weeks?
1: Yeah, you know, as Gary Trust pointed out um, in our story that about the Hot 100 Top 10 that, that posted on Billboard.com on Wednesday uh, afternoon, you know, anything is possible. Uh, however, you know, short of See You Again really collapsing in sales and streams it seems unlikely that uptown funk would return to number one at least in the short term uptown funk still has you know a, a sizable gap between it and the number three song uh, which is maroon 5 sugar so that's still going for uptown funk um, and so who knows I mean maybe see you again had a, a really strong week because of the sentiment around the music video which was released on Monday April 6th um, and, you know, certainly the excitement of Wiz Khalifa performing the song on The Voice and the movies doing so well at the box office and, you know, kind of the the emotion involved with the video and the song, because it's all done as a tribute to Paul Walker, yeah. uh, the co-star of the film who died during production of the movie. And the, the video, I think, they never told me this, but the video was held back until the Monday following the film's release in theaters, mostly, I would imagine, because if you watch the music video, you are basically watching the final scenes of the film. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, it, it, it yeah, it is kind of weird. It is kind of weird like that. Yeah, so if, you, if you've if you seen the video, then you've basically seen the closing scene of the film. Um, so all that said, you know, these kinds of songs that are very pop culture moment, very emotional, very tribute are kind of difficult to predict, um, yeah. and this kind of ties into how, for weeks and weeks and weeks, we we kept talking about will Uptown Funk fall? What could possibly thwart it? You know, blah blah blah. You know, it's a song like this, a song like See You Again, which has the momentum of a cultural moment tied to it that makes that makes it the, the kind of song that can topple Uptown Funk. Um, so there you go. I don't know if it's going to fall next week. We'll have a better projection probably on probably Friday of this week. So if you're listening yeah. to the podcast on Thursday, come back to billboard.com. We should have a story just trying to forecast what next week's number one will be.
0: Yeah, and and Keith, I was going to ask how this happened with You again, but you oh, kind of I just went kind over of it. I explained no, it. Sorry. Yeah, no, you, no, you you <laughs> definitely answered that. And uh, it sold a ton
1: of downloads last week, like four hundred and sixty-four thousand downloads. That's a huge number, yeah. Like its streaming number was incredible. Um, let me bring up the the number really quick. It had like the biggest. It was the the most streamed song in eight months. Um, it's, it was streamed twenty-five million times uh, in the U S last week. And that is, um, the, the video and the song and all the versions of it combined. Um, it had the biggest streaming week for any song since Nicki uh, Nicki Minaj's Anaconda, um, video came out and blew that song through the roof. So, you know, it's having a huge moment and I don't think it's going to suddenly, you know, collapse in, in, a, in a few days. I think we could be here for at least another week or two.
0: It's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, there's such huge interest in this Furious 7 film. I mean, the album is number one. You, you wrote about it. Uh, it's number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart yeah. this week, as you predicted last week. Bumps up from two to one. And, yeah, man, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. This is definitely a pop culture moment where this song, this soundtrack, this movie, people are talking about it. People want to digest this experience over and over again. And it'll be interesting to see how long it, it, it can hold on because you have to assume over the next couple of weeks that Furious 7, just because it's like summer blockbuster time, Furious 7 is, is going to slip at least a little bit. But it'll be interesting to see if the song holds on as the movie continues going down the box office. Uh, you know I don't I mean? know.
1: I don't know. I mean, last last week when um, we were trying to forecast the sales, you know, I was doing some research about the movie. And I was looking at its its box office gross uh, for last Wednesday, so more than a week ago, yeah. um, and it it already had been it had it had been in theaters um, for like a week or something already, because the movie is like two weeks old, I think. Yeah, and its its Wednesday gross in the U.S. and Canada was the single biggest gross for a film on a Wednesday, which is the middle of the week, not exactly a big day for going to the movies. Generally, the weekends are the big time. Yeah. It had the biggest Wednesday since last December when The Hobbit came out over Christmas wow. time. So if the movie is so enormous and the album is so big and the, the pop culture and the Paul Walker and the song that's really sad and sentimental in the video, it's like all these things going for it. Um, so yeah, it's this is one of those really tough things to predict what's going to happen in the next few weeks.
0: It's, it's also just a weird... It's not a weird song but it's like if you told me like oh a couple weeks ago like oh what's going to be the one that to knock off uptown funk well a weepy ballad with Wiz Khalifa on it I would have been like oh that's that's pretty strange I wouldn't have seen that coming um but let, let Keith can can we talk about Wiz Khalifa for a second
1: uh, sure. I mean, I don't like know him personally or anything, so we can talk I about th- him. I thought you knew him personally. No, I'm kidding. Um, I've, I've talked to him on Red Carpets. I think you've talked to him before. I mean, Yeah, I've
0: talked to him a bunch. And I just want to point out that Wiz has such a, a fascinating run of like top 10 hits in his career. It's just like people think of him for Black and Yellow, obviously, which was the number one hit. As before See You Again, his only number one hit on the Hot 100. But he's also had some just random top 10 successes. Like, you remember, like, Young, Wild, and Free with Snoop Dogg uh, and Bruno Mars? That was, a, that was like, a big hit from that movie he starred in with Snoop Dogg that sort of never came out. Like, he was on that uh, T-Pain, Lily Allen song, 5 O'Clock, which was, that was just a super random hit. No Sleep from his first album, Rolling Papers somehow made it into the top 10 it's just like he's had like a weird and now this like this random furious seven song. it's like he's the kind of artist who has not scored top 10 hits with like big event singles don't forget his number two hit payphone which is maroon five featuring yeah oh my wiz god khalifa. i totally forgot about payphone yeah like what a what a strange top 10 career for wiz khalifa like you know what i mean it's just it's sort of fascinating to me yeah yes i'm fascinated (laughs) too
1: i mean i'm not as fascinated as you are clearly but
0: it's interesting you know you just you just think about obviously rappers can score top 10 hits as featured artists and he's he's done that with like the t-pain song and the maroon 5 song but yeah it's just like no sleep is like a super random like not very memorable single but it had that one huge week um yeah I, i don't know it's 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 cool to me. You're more it's, fascinated
1: by this than I am.
0: Yeah. I know. We All should, right. Let, we, should, you're, we should move let's, on, maybe. Let's, <laughs> damn, man. Uh, quick like, note. I, I didn't even note this because we had so much to talk about with Furious 7, but Walk the Moon, Shut Up and Dance is now in the top 10 as well.
1: Yeah. First top 10 hit on the Hot 100 for Walk the Moon. Shut Up and Start Dance. 10. Hey, that was a soon-to-be hit that I think that we talked about a number of weeks ago.
0: Oh, Wasn't man. it? So you know what? Yeah, I think it is. I think it was. So congrats to those guys. You know what time it is, man? I don't know. time. It's time. It's time for soon-to-be hits. <music> All right, man. Again, as always, these are songs that are not in the top 10, not in the top 20 of the Hot 100, but could be there someday based on what we're seeing. Keith, let's. where, where do you want to start, man? We got two good ones this week.
1: Um, Well, why don't we do L. King first? Okay, cool. Uh, so L. King... Um, You know, I honestly don't know that much about Elle King. I know she's um, sort of this uh, groovy uh, female singer. You know, she has sort of a great rockin' kind of vibe to her. But this particular song that we're talking about is called X's and O's. Um, It's already charted on our adult alternative airplay chart, which is sometimes called AAA. Um, It peaked at number 26 back in February. But now uh, her record label, RCA, is working the song to adult Top 40 radio. Um, and I think they're trying to service it again to um, more adult-leaning stations. She's playing a lot of festivals, I think, this summer. Yeah. And the the album um, that the song comes from is also taking off. You know, it's been promoted a lot in iTunes and and through other digital services. The album is called Love Stuff. Um, it peaked at number forty-five on the Billboard 200. But I feel like there's something happening with her. And the song is really cool. It's got like this sort of weirdly retro but kind of jangly thing with a really cool soulful voice Um, and the video is is pretty cool too so um that is our first soon to be hit even though it's been kind of technically a hit i feel like there's something a little bit more coming for l king's x's and o's
0: i totally agree and and you know what's funny is that i i've seen her name a lot i've heard this song a good amount but it just now seems like there's a definite groundswell of support around her it, it's funny because we're taping this on a wednesday on tuesday night i swear i swear to you keith i, di- I didn't tell you this but my dad emailed me Uh-oh. on tuesday night and was like hey I, l- I heard this song x's and o's by l king on the radio i really liked it so um obviously my dad knows what's going on does your dad actually
1: like you you often about like new music or is that like a really random thing that he oh no totally
0: he totally he totally does that's yeah. so cool uh, yeah, it's awesome. My mom and... does not do that.
1: My my, <laughs> my mom is like,
0: I've heard about this
1: new person called, you know, fill in the blank of sort of an older person that she saw in Good Morning America. You know,
0: uh, Well, like, there you go, man. No offense, Yeah, mom. no, I, I mean, um, but aside from my dad, it, it seems like L. King, just in terms of like industry chatter that I'm aware of. I keep hearing her name a lot. I, I keep hearing people just say like, "Oh, have you checked out El King? Oh, El King, she's so her, her promo I, team is doing is
1: working overtime. That's what's not, happening. Right not, now. I'm
0: not even saying her promo team. I'm saying from other writers, from other people in oh. the industry, just saying like, people are getting enthusiastic about El King. Wow. So definitely check her out. Yeah.
1: What's the okay. next one, Jason? What's the next person we should be talking about?
0: Um, let's talk about Eric Hassel, man. So this song, No Words, uh, we actually, I, I should mention, we actually talked about this on Must Hear Music Podcast oh, really? yesterday, Because, but hey, I, I want to talk about it again, because Eric Hassel is an artist that I have grown to really like over his past few singles. Uh, he had a single last year called Pathetic, which was a little bit of an international hit. It wasn't a hit here, but he I He hasn't really I had
1: any hits here in America, I don't think, Yeah, Exactly. Really. He's more like so, a British, pers- British hit maker, but even
0: really not like a big hit maker there. Really, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean this this song, No Words, it, it came out um, not very long ago, and it's it's just such a perfect like indie pop summer jam. It's Like a perfect little pop song, you know. Yeah, it's 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 something. I mean, I, I guess Keith, it's probably too early to say how well it's doing. Yeah, on our charts, way too early.
1: It. This seems to be more of sort of like a like a like they're kind of. They're servicing it, and I think they're trying to get like tastemakers and bloggers to write about it, which is certainly it's working because I saw a boatload of people that I follow on Twitter tweeted the heck out of this song the other day when it premiered. Um, To me, and I could be off here, but to me it kind of reminds me of how you have like this sort of up-tempo, poppy, like summery kind of jam music, and then you have, you know, vocals that are kind of contrary. Like it's this juxtaposition of the two – Where it kind of reminded me of Robin's "Every Heartbeat," where you have like this sort of like uplifting music with kind of sad lyrics, and I'm I didn't listen to the lyrics close enough on the Eric Castle track to know exactly what he was talking about, Um, so I'm sorry. But it kind of reminded me of that, where you have this like sort of uh, contradiction in feels between the music and the lyrics, which gives it a really interesting kind of twist. And if you watch the video, the video is really cool and different and funny too. So.
0: Yeah, and as I s and as as I said yesterday when we were talking about it on, on the other podcast, um this is my life, man. It's just podcast life. Hashtag podcast life. Uh I as I said yesterday, if if you like Clean Bandits Rather Be, if you like Latch, if you like um something like Years and Years, this is in that vein if of you like just good very pop music. Yeah, <laughs> I've just like and you hear that little disco influence um with this song, so check it out. So Keith, that will do it for "Soon to Be Hits." All yeah. right, man. Let's move over to the Billboard 200 albums chart. As I mentioned earlier, Fury Seven number one this week. And Keith, Jason, let's talk about next week. Oh, you know what? Quick shout out before I move on. Quick shout out to All Time Low, who came out of really nowhere as, a, as an indie, as an indie artist and has a number two album this week. Shout out to those guys. Uh, that was cool to see.
1: So they had, the, by the way, they had their best sales week ever and their highest charting album on the Billboard 200. All Time Low's new album uh, debuted at number two, had their biggest sales week ever. So, and we wrote about that on Billboard.com. So, um, but it's hard to topple that darn Furious Seven album.
0: True, man. True. So next week's Billboard 200 albums chart uh, it, weren't that. First of all, this week didn't really have that many debuts, uh, big debuts.
1: Yeah, one debut in the top ten. One
0: single debut. All Time Low. Yeah so next week should have a couple more sean mendez tyler the creator and reba mcintyre all have new albums out and you think keith sean mendez is going to be number one well yes uh, it's not me thinking this is me simply
1: reporting <laughs> what <laughs> industry forecasters you look into
0: your crystal ball and you're like if only
1: man i would be worth so much money but yeah sean mendez's uh handwritten album uh came out on tuesday of this week. Seems to be headed for number one. Um, it would give uh, the 16-year-old his, uh, you know, first number one album. Um, uh, he would not be the youngest male artist at number one, by the way. We'll we'll have more on that later on Billboard.com. Um, but he would still be a fairly young dude at number one. Uh, but yeah, Shawn Mendes should be number one. Top 10 debuts from both Tyler the Creator and Reba. I'm Reba. That's an SNL is, skit. Is You're young, not getting it, Jason. Young, I know.
0: You're not getting it. <laughs> I don't know that skit. Is that an SNL skit? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's when um uh, what's his face? Keenan uh Thompson, right? Um yeah. Uh, he he did a I'm Reba. Like like Reba like when she was hanging out by a dumpster and like getting wigs out of it. It's it's a long. it's go Google it. Just Google it.
0: <laughs> I don't think I need to Google it. I think your your reenactment of that yeah. skit
1: is all I need. My Reba yeah. impersonation is on point. <laughs>
0: Did you know that I used to uh, do Reba know?
1: impersonations in college? No, while you also in, had like long hair and the scruff. That's,
0: that's actually a pretty. That's pretty close to what I was going to say. Actually, in college, my friends and I used to uh, watch Reba while oh, like writing term the TV shows. Reba, yes, yeah, because it was always on Lifetime. Shout out to Lifetime. And you were uh, watching
1: <laughs> Lifetime. Wow, Jason. So many things come out. Hey, man. Cold girls.
0: Learn got that Golden Girls life, got that Frasier life. Golden Girls.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah Thank man. you for being a friend, Jason.
0: Thank you, man. Traveling down this road and back again. Your heart is true.
1: You're a pal and a confidant.
0: True. true. You're all of those things to me. Mm-hmm. So, Keith, Shawn Mendez, gunning for number one, uh, I'm assuming the youngest since Bieber, youngest uh, male artist. Uh, I don't Maybe. have that in front of me. I don't okay. know um bieber
1: uh, when bieber hit number one with my world 2.0 at that time he was the youngest male artist at number one on the billboard 200 since stevie wonder back in the 60s when he was like 12 or 13 so i need to see exactly when sean mendez was born when justin was born when they hit number one blah 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 and compare down to the
0: months and days so i don't have an answer for you gotcha 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 but you know obviously if this album does hit number one that's a big win for Sean Mendez uh, he's a, a former vine star that has really blown up former uh, podcast
1: in, guest who was very nice yeah
0: yeah actually yeah shout out to Sean he was a friend of the Pop Shop podcast come back. and come back Sean we'll, we'll come get back him back
1: the, come back to the podcast and dime Sean
0: maybe he'll maybe we'll get him when he's on tour with Taylor Swift because he is opening for the 1989 tour. In North America. But anyway, I, I mean, this is more impressive to me because it doesn't seem like any of the singles from this song have, r- or f- singles from this album, I should say, have really taken off because Not if you really. think about li- Life of the Party from his debut EP, had a big debut at number 24 in the Hot 100 last year, and they've they've put out a couple singles, Something Big is, is one of them. Nothing's really taken off, and yet Not really, yeah, he's no. still going to sell a lot of albums.
1: Well, you know, I mean, that's that's that 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 gives one hope that uh, an, an artist discovered from Vine, who can uh, you know get signed to a major label, um, can still sell albums, um, still motivate people to actually purchase something. Um, and also get them to stream and, and buy tracks and so forth. Um, it gives it gives one hope, even though he doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of radio airplay yet, which is usually a key factor in getting people to be aware of your music. But you know, he's the kind of artist that is so socially grounded that his fan base uh, from Vine and elsewhere have have you know carried over to buying his new album and also streaming and buying tracks and blah 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 um and also this album has been up for pre-order for a while too so it has a lot of pre-orders going for it too um but yeah in in total i think it should do over a hundred thousand units uh in its first week and that unit figure of course is traditional album sales blended with track equivalent albums and streaming equivalent albums very fancy math that i talk about but yeah it's, it's a good week even though he doesn't have any big radio hits
0: yeah yeah, totally, man. Uh, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this album. He's, Like I said, he's been on tour as a headliner now. He's going to be supporting both Taylor Swift and Vance Joy on the road. So we'll see what happens if, if any of these songs take off. Meanwhile, Tyler, the creator, his new album, Cherry Bomb, is out. Kind of a surprise release. He performed at Coachella how uh, how is that one looking man?
1: um it'll be top 10 i don't know uh, who will be debut higher if tyler the creator will debut higher or reba um I'll, I'll have a story up on billboard.com by the time people hear this podcast that's
0: that those two need to make a collaborative album then Ugh. they become number 1 because they're looking at top 10 hits as individual reba, artists reba the creator but if they made like a a watch the throne style reba and tyler it would be the biggest mess ever <laughs> i would listen to that album probably um okay so uh check with keith ba- check back with keith on bober.com he will have sales updates throughout the week on sean tyler and reba of course keith we got to wrap up soon but i want to take a couple minutes to talk about record store day Woo-hoo! this which weekend is what? yeah this weekend right
1: depending on when you're listening to this podcast either it has it's about to happen it's happening right now or it already happened. It's this Saturday.
0: It's a very zen way of presenting it. Like, what, Depending on whether you're listening to <laughs> this, uh, today, tomorrow, or uh, next year. It may have
1: been last year,
0: but if you're, if you're listening
1: to this podcast sometime in the future, in the distant, distant future, we're talking about Record Store Day in 2015.
0: That must be so strange to like listen to these podcasts. Like because they're all on iTunes mm-hmm. and you can listen to like something from like November 2013. Please don't.
1: We weren't that yeah. good then, and we're, yeah, we're not even really that true. good now. We're trying to yeah. we we're, better, we're you know?
0: just a, like before we were bad and now we're okay. That's that's how I would describe <laughs> our podcast. But Record Store so.
1: Day, man. Let's talk about <laughs> Record Store Day.
0: So what are some of the highlights for you this year, man?
1: Um. So I printed out actually that Record Store Day. If you go to recordstoreday.com Com, um. It has a list of all the exclusive releases that are being produced for Record Store Day. And Record Store Day, if you don't know what it is, Record Store Day is basically a celebration of independent uh, record stores. Uh, brick-and-mortar brick and so-called record stores, you know, that still exist in America. Um, in Los Angeles, for example, there are a number of of independent record stores, including uh, Amoeba Records, which is sort of the big the big daddy in Los Angeles. It's a huge store. It's really cool. Tons of vinyl, uh, lots of CDs, and just stuff that you can't find anywhere else. Recordstoreday.com lists all of the exclusives that were produced for the event, in addition to a lot of other titles and albums and singles that were um, released with the intent to be sold around Record Store Day. It's kind of confusing. So some things are very exclusive to Record Store Day, and then some are, hey, we made this, and it's coming out this weekend. It's not really exclusive, but you'll probably find it at Record Store Day stores. So I went to the website. I printed out a list of stuff that I was kind of jazzed about. Um, Record Store Day isn't a big thing for pop people, unfortunately. It's mostly kind of like a rock, uh, Rop. it's a rock and roll kind of day <laughs> there's lots of rock um so here's some of the ones that i printed out that i thought were cool um there is uh, for the first time bruce springsteen's um a, a number of bruce springsteen's earlier um albums are being released individually on vinyl remastered this week they were originally put out in a box set so it's albums like um, born in the usa um born to run that kind of sort of early classic era of Bruce all were put into a vinyl box set I think last year and now for the first time they are being released individually as remastered vinyl albums so go pick up a Bruce Springsteen album uh, Hedvig and the Angry Inch Broadway cast album featuring Neil Patrick uh, Harris is coming out on pink vinyl and it's on vinyl for the very first time Joan Rivers uh, believe it or not has a yeah. record, record story related album Her album, the next-to-last Joan Rivers album, which uh, originally came out, I believe, in the 60s, is being issued on Compact Disc for the very first time this week. Um, Another good one, uh, Mumford & Sons putting out a 7-inch single for their song Believe. Ooh, ooh, The Lego Movie will be out on Picture Disc Vinyl, the soundtrack. Um, A really cool thing, um, Metallica is putting out their original demo tape Um, They're reproducing it in cassette form. Um, It's called, um, what's called No Life Till Leather. Um, It's a seven-track demo tape. Um, It's coming out on cassette first, and eventually it'll be uh, released on CD, download, and vinyl later. But um, those are just a couple things. I don't know. Did you see anything on the list you thought were pretty cool?
0: Yeah, you you covered a couple of mine, but I also wanted to point out the Run the Jewels 12-inch that will be uh, kind of a, little supplement to Run the Jewels 2 which came out last October there's a new track on there Blockbuster Night Part 2 uh, featuring Despot who came out with the guys at Coachella so that seems pretty cool and yeah you mentioned the Metallica thing that, that seems very cool and, to and me w- as well
1: yeah there was one more thing and it's and they do this every year um, Warner Music puts out a what they call it, it's a um, it's kind of like a side by side series of 7 inches um, they put out I, I'm not sure how many put out each year they usually put out like a couple of them and it's a mystery release it's built as a mystery release you don't know you like you have no idea what the actual product is because it's in a it's, it's in just yeah. a basic plain cover and you don't know what it is until you actually open it and the idea is that on one side is uh well it's, it's two artists each performing the same song so oftentimes it will be um like you know it's a, a contemporary artist Covering an old song, and then the other side is the original artist performing that old song. Um, but you don't it know what really you're going to cool. get until you buy it and you open it. So it's kind of like a fun surprise. Boom! Yeah. Anyway, there no, you go. I, I love it, man. Go, so, go, go! Check out a record store. Go, this weekend. yeah,
0: go, go! It's going to be lovely out this weekend. Hot, hot, hot. In, <laughs> hot so in game, the be- city. Be- hot in the we city go, tonight. Uh, before we go, let's talk about Mariah Carey for a second mariah is heading to vegas with a new single her new single infinity is going to be released on april 27th this is her first single released as an artist of epic records she has reunited with antonio la reed for this project number one to infinity that album is coming out may 18th it's a greatest hits album and it's chart based man so we had to mention it on the pop shop podcast i love that it's a collection of all 18 of her number one singles. 18 number one singles! All
1: 18 of her number ones on the Billboard Hot 100. This is the second time that she puts out a Greatest Hits album that is hinged to her number ones on the Billboard Hot 100, and we love that. Thank you, Mariah.
0: Thank you, Mariah. So, Also, her Vegas residency at Caesars Palace kicks off on May 6th. Keith, what do you think about Mariah in Vegas?
1: Well, it's kind of like the place to be, you know, with a lot of kind sort of, in, yeah. you know, the, uh, lots of lots of residencies and, and sort of mini residencies. I, th- I would qualify this I- as not like a full-on residency. It's kind of like a mini residency. I mean, she's playing something like, I want to say like maybe 20 shows between May and July at, at the Coliseum at Caesar's Palace. So, you know, there's always the option to perhaps return and come back. Um, you know, Dinah Ross uh has had had a mini residency or is in the midst of one, it may have already been over with. I apologize. Um but you know, it's kind of like the thing to do where you can, you know, set down for a little bit, try it out, maybe you can come back, make a ton of money. <laughs> um these aren't quite like the Celine Dion, you know, Elton John type residencies that go on for like years. Yeah. Um but it's it's kind of like a new way of providing um, you know, a a sort of a home base for a few weeks and uh, try out a show before you take it on the road, perhaps.
0: Yeah, I, I think that it's a great move, honestly. I think that, you know, we we talked about her last album, Elusive Chanteuse, or I should say the whole thing. I, Me, I Am Mariah, the Elusive Chanteuse, was not very well received commercially. So I think this is an interesting way of kind of bouncing back with... A Greatest Hits album, yeah. Vegas I, residency, and spe- new speaking single. Speaking of the
1: Chanteuse herself, I I really appreciate the promotional um, advertisement and the copy that is on uh, Caesars' website and on access.com, like when you purchase the tickets. Um, it says, Mariah Carey, the iconic Chanteuse and best-selling female artist of all time. And it continues. I'm like, okay, iconic Chanteuse and she's the best-selling female artist of all time. I'll go with Iconic Chanteuse, yeah. which I think is just kind of funny cuz she clearly <laughs> likes the Chanteuse part. I'm I'm not going to get into an argument about the best-selling female artist of all time claim because well, you know, I'm unsure of that, but it's difficult to prove.
0: Well, there you <clears> go. <throat> but you are but you are declaring her the Iconic Chanteuse.
1: Well, she she is an Iconic Chanteuse. I don't deny that. <laughs> I just think it's always funny when you, you see the different press releases come out from all the different divas who claim that they're the biggest-selling female artist of all time. I'm like, if one week it's Madonna, a different week it's Mariah, you know, Barbara Streisand might come out with something. Who knows, Celine could get in there. You know, it just depends on who you're reading. And because there is no, you know, sort of worldwide billboard figure or worldwide, you know, sales figure yeah, that has thing. any sort of quotable veracity, is that even a word? It's yeah. always interesting to see these kinds of press, press claims.
0: Well, there you go, man. Sorry. You ready? I went off you the rails with that. <laughs> no, that was great. I love it. I mean, she's iconic, but her claim as best-selling female artist of all time is elusive.
1: It, yes. There you go. I like Boom. that. I like that. How are we doing on time? we doing good?
0: We got to wrap this up, man. But before we do, it's time for your Chart Stat of the Week. Boop, 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 okay, so
1: 35 years ago this week, Blondie dialed up, wait for it, a number one single on the Billboard Hot 100 with Hello. Call Me. Get it? Dialed up? Call Me? I got it. I, I got it. Okay, so the rockin' song topped the chart dated April 19th, 1980, and spent a total of six weeks atop the list. Uh, the song was written for the film American Gigolo, And it was Blondie's second of four number one hits. They earlier hit number one with the the disco-flavored Heart of Glass, and then later went to number one with the kind of tropical vibing of The Tide is High and the rap-infused Rapture. Um, Call Me earned a Golden Globe nomination for Best Original Song for Debbie Harry, Blondie's lead vocalist who wrote the song's lyrics, and Giorgio Moroder, who composed its music. And Call Me would actually become the biggest hit single of 1980. It topped our year-end Billboard Hot 100 recap that year. Um, so, you know, Blondie is still kicking. They're, they're playing live shows. They just released a new album last year, which charted on the Billboard 200. Of course, Jojo Marauder is doing quite well as well recently. He's working on his own new studio, studio album that's coming out in a month or two, and he just recently hit number one on our club chart. So clearly, the the, the pairing of Blondie and Moroder was a good one and they both continue to do quite well many decades into the future so there you have it 35 years ago this week blondie hit number one on the billboard hot 100 with call
0: me love it man thank you for your charts out of the week (laughs) all right that is going to do it for us at the pop shop podcast thanks again to um keith Keith, yeah
1: i'm like um we had no guests so there's no thinking anyone but
0: you know what that's the thing is that you were definitely missed in the on the coachella podcast it's just I, you know we had tie in we had rin weaver there they were both great but you don't get that chart goodness with them
1: well thanks and thanks to you jason
0: (laughs) for what just being me
1: i don't know you're you're (laughs) just being you
0: cool all right well we will be back next week with a new pop shop podcast every thursday Again, at 11 a.m. on Billboard.com and on iTunes. If you have any questions for us, uh, hit us up on Twitter. Like I said, Keith, do you have any parting words? Your heart
1: is true. You're a pal and a confidant.
0: Let's go out on the Golden Girls theme song. Thanks for listening and take care. Thank you for being a